the Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-8192. That's 800-600-8192. So the election yesterday in uh, Georgia's 6th district is kind of being spun two different ways. And I think you could look at it honestly in two different ways. Uh, Number one, hey, Republicans, 4-0 in these specials. Uh, They are doing really well. The Trump uh, downside of Trump is not really hurting them. Uh, Maybe it's not even that big of a downside at all. And uh, here the Republicans are doing great. They can move on with their agenda. They're being supported by the people. I think you look at it that way. Uh, the other way to look at it is there has been a significant fall off from previous performance in these districts. So do we have the, I think it might be this, this tweet here, uh, the second thing we have here on the third thing on that we have on the prep today, um, about the difference between how Clinton did and, and all these different districts. If you look at this, now this, is, uh, this one's from Nate Silver. Uh, Clinton did better in, in Georgia's sixth than South Carolina five. Uh, Georgia 6 is South Carolina 5, was, was redder, blah, 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 blah. But if you look at the chart at the bottom, is really the part I want to focus on here. If you look at the Republican <clears throat> lean in the partisan index, and this is it's an adjusted <clears throat> stat based on like how, how much more Republican they were than the average voter, and it factors in incumbency and things like that. You see, in Kansas, uh, in 2012, they, Romney won that district by 29 points. In 2014, it was 22 points. 2016, congressional, 24 points. The 2016 presidential race, uh, Trump won by 29. They won the special up, uh, election by seven. Same thing here in Montana. 17, uh, eight, 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 Romney won by, say, 18. Trump won by 22. Uh, the congressional uh, races have been between eight and 13. They only won by six in Montana. Um, Georgia is the one kind of exception to this rule. They won by tw- uh, Romney won by 27 in 2012. The congressional races for 2014 and 2016, 16 points, 21 points. Um, and again, this is an adjusted index, but I think you understand what's going on here. The, the 2016 presidential race, Clinton did do pretty well there, um, almost won that district. So that one was flat from the presidential race. But still, it's a heavily Republican district in the history. And South Carolina is another big one. 20 points, 15 points, 13 points, 7 points, and they only won by three. So the, the issue here, I think, is and if you look at the averages, Trump won these districts by 19 points on this index and only by five in the actual uh, election. Um, that is, so is that a good sign for Republicans or a bad one? Uh, I think you can argue, hey, they held these seats. They didn't they didn't they were heavily favored in the game and they won the game. Um, and then you got to do that when you're you know, you look at uh, how many times have we seen this in college football? You know, these teams that look like they're going to roll to the uh, to be number one and they wind up blowing some stupid game halfway through the season and then it ruins their season. So you can't lose those. You got to win them. And so the GOP has got to take uh, some pleasure in that. However, in this in this atmosphere, if this atmosphere is really what it is, where these, these types of ele- uh, districts that have been hardcore red for a long time are all of a sudden very competitive, that could be dangerous come 2018. 
It could. And then on the other hand, maybe not. You just don't care, do you? I don't. Okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I really. Yeah, I, you know, I, not really. I, one thing I do find interesting here, and again, if you look at this chart, it kind of shows it. The, they, the uh, Democrats did much better in three of the four races than they did in the presidential election. The only mm-hmm. one they didn't do really well in um, was Georgia, in which uh, that's the one they spent all the money targeting. And it might mm-hmm. send them a lesson of, like, maybe just throwing money at these problems is not a good solution. It's a, w- a lesson I wish they would learn in every other part of policy, uh, but they may learn that here. I wonder if you could learn a lesson from the 2016 presidential race in the Georgia uh, case, where uh, they won 2012 by 27 points and in 2016 by 3.6 points. Is that because people don't like Trump there? Is that because he's not conservative enough for the Republicans in that district? I don't know. I mean, that one... Uh, that, would, that would be my guess on that because he had such a slim margin. Uh, it could be. I mean, I, I don't know what the... They may not they be huge did, I, Trump fans. Right. I think that's definitely true. The question is, is it because they are more moderate, don't like his rhetoric, or are they more conservative and don't like him constitutionally? I, I think if you look at Romney with a 27-point win there, it may indicate that they like that sort of flavor of a, a buttoned-up politician type yeah um i don't know we'll see or i yeah i don't know it's Mm -hmm. uh it's impossible to say because we don't have we don't have them uh you know sharing that information with us so all we have are the numbers and you you can make a lot of different things out of the numbers you you could you can draw a bunch of conclusions but we'll we'll just never know for sure um in the meantime uh jake tapper talking about the trump administration not being transparent uh, even less transparent than its predecessors. Here's, here's what he said. In important ways, the Trump White House has been less transparent than its predecessors. It's just an empirical fact. Even for those who thought President Obama's administration never lived up to its ballyhooed promises of transparency, President Obama did release his tax returns, as has been standard for presidents for years. President Trump has not yet, rele- not yet released his. President Obama eventually acquiesced and released most of his White House visitor logs, but President Trump does not share any of them, literally nothing about who is coming to see him. President Obama golfed quite a bit, as does President Trump, but the Obama White House would tell the public when he was hitting the links and with whom. This White House, for whatever reason, keeps that information private. Even the White House briefings are now shorter with more non-answers and a new trend of not allowing cameras or even audio recordings of what your White House is saying on any given day. People in power like to hide things from the public. We called it out under President Obama, and now it is empirically worse and more opaque. You have a right to know what's going on in the people's house, whether related to the Russia cloud that continues to hamper President Trump's agenda or his plans for Afghanistan or tax reform or health care legislation, all of it. Huh. I mean, and, you know, Tapper's one of the few people who actually had the credibility to say, we did call him out during the Obama administration. He did. I mean, we, we talked mm-hmm. about it at the time, and he's now calling out Trump as well. Um, so he's one of the only people who can really get away with that analysis, and it's not going to make me infuriated. Um, but, I mean, it's, it's, it is odd, uh, I guess. I mean, you know, the, those are obvious examples. I don't think any of them, are, they're not arguable, those examples. I mean, you can argue Barack Obama did other things, uh, certainly, that were much worse than uh, Donald Trump. However, in those examples, when you're talking about transparency, uh, I think it's true. And I think part of it is, you know, Trump just doesn't care about what you think and doesn't care mm-hmm. about the traditions. So it's not all because he's necessarily hiding stuff. I think a lot of times, you know, he doesn't care about those, uh, you know, Barack Obama will be asked a question, they would say, oh, we'll get back to you later. 
And then people would press him on it, and eventually they'd probably give in. Romney did this. They were like, oh, well, Romney, you're not going to release your tax returns. And he was like, well, I don't want to. I have no reason to release my tax returns. They kept pressing him, and eventually he released them. Um, and I'm not saying that's a good feature. I think that was probably a stupid move by Romney. Uh, once you said you weren't going to do it, you already lost all the points uh, you know, to not do it, and then to do it anyway, it makes no sense. Uh, but uh, John Carl is another guy who we give a lot of credibility on both sides. He was one of the few. Uh, questioning uh, Barack Obama towards the end of his term. He was really the only one we used to point to um, uh, after Tapper had left and gone to CNN. Um, and then uh, he's continued to do it with Donald Trump. They came out with a, he tweeted today a, 25, a list of 25 questions, 25 questions they have asked um, and have been promised follow-up on from this White House, and none of them have been answered. Uh, and then a lot of them are not important. You know, they're like, oh, um, uh, a fired uh, Usher, Angela Reid, it was reported she was given a ge- generous severance package. I'm wondering, did you give a substantial severance package to, uh, uh, um, how did you give a substantial severance package to a, a government employee? I don't know. I'll get, get back to you on that. Uh, it, 25 of these. Now, again, mm. some of them are important. Some of them are not a severance package to, I mean, I don't know. But I mean, that is Spicer's role, right? His, his role mm-hmm. is to get back to these people when they ask these questions. Um, and yeah, you know, I think they're going to they're talking about now getting rid of the uh, of the press briefings, the Jeffy prediction from a long time ago. They're talking about um, I love how well, they're not doing them every day. No, they're not, they're not doing it already. Right. They're talking about once a week. Yeah. And now they're talking about just doing them off camera in writing. So they'll get there'll be more substance to them then. Of course. Now, I think there is an element of truth there. I think a lot of these po- these reporters go in there trying to have their moment on camera. They want to be the one who asks the uncomfortable question that Spicer can't answer. So I think that is legitimate. But I mean, in, re- in reality, Trump is all super focused on these things. They distract him all the time. I guarantee his people around him are like, geez, can we let's just cancel those. So he doesn't watch them anymore and get pissed off about it and, and, and send us on these, you know, mm-hmm. these tangents for six weeks. Mm-hmm. And that's what seems to happen. You know, he, he, there's a moment in one of those press conferences he doesn't like. And then he is distracted for the next four days on something else. Mm-hmm.